Hello, and welcome to the Once Again Podcast. We are your hosts, Ashley and Jason. In this episode, we will be looking at the 1977 film, The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. In this series, we won't be doing a deep analysis of the film, or giving a bunch of behind-the-scenes facts, but rather giving our impressions of the overall film and the songs from the film. We'll also be giving a score to the film and ranking the songs. So grab some honey, sit back, and enjoy this episode. The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh is a 1977 American animated musical anthology comedy film produced by Walt Disney Productions and distributed by Buena Vista Distributions. It is the 22nd Disney animated feature film and was first released on a double bill with The Littlest Horse Thieves on March 11, 1977. Its characters have spawned a franchise of various sequels and television programs, clothing, books, toys, and an attraction of the same name at Disneyland, Walt Disney World, and Hong Kong Disneyland, in addition to Pooh's Honey Hunt in Tokyo Disneyland. It is based upon the children's stories about the bear, written by A.A. Milne, as well as the final chapter of the second story, The House at Pooh Corner. The film is actually composed of material from three previously released animated shorts, Winnie the Pooh and the Honey Tree, 1966, Winnie the Pooh and the Blustery Day, 1968, and Winnie the Pooh and Tigger 2, 1974. Six years after the release of The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, Disney commissioned a fourth featurette based on the stories. Winnie the Pooh and A Day for Eeyore premiered in theaters on March 11, 1983, but was not originally connected to the preceding films in any manner. It has been added to the home video releases of The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. The, oh, sorry, this is yeah, you now. <laughs> this is me. We don't let you pronounce names. Yeah. Directed by John Lounsbury and Wolfgang Reitherman, who also produced the film. Story by Larry Clemens, Ralph Wright, and Vance, Vance Gary, Xavier Atenzio, Ken Anderson, Julius Fenston, Ted Berman, and Eric Clayworth. Based on Winnie the Pooh by A.A. Milne. Edited by Tom Acosta and James Melton. Music by Buddy Baker. Songs written by the Sherman Brothers. The runtime is 74 minutes. Starring Sterling Har- Holloway as Winnie the Pooh, Bruce Reitherman, John Walmsley, and Timothy Turner as Christopher Robin, John Fadler as Piglet, Ralph Wright as Eeyore, Clint Howard and Dory Whittaker as Rue, Barbara Luddy as Kanga, Paul Winchell as Tigger, Junius Matthews as Rabbit, Hal Smith as Owl, Howard Morris as Gopher, and Sebastian Cabot as the narrator. Uncredited actors, Thurl Ravenscroft as singer and Black Honeypot, the Mellow Men as all the singers. Very nicely done. Yeah, I got uh, stuck up there for a second because I was going to mention that there was no listing for the budget in the box office because Mm -hmm. it was originally three shorts that they just put together to make a movie, so I couldn't find anything about it. So let's dive into the plot. And I wrote my first note here, I wrote down, okay, so nostalgia hit me right off the bat during the opening credits. I watched this movie countless times as a child, and seeing Christopher Robin's bedroom and the music just made me smile. 
And we have the song Winnie the Pooh performed by a chorus. And I, my, I wrote Nostalgia Hitting Hard 10 out of 10. Yeah, Nostalgia was really hitting hard here. 8 out of 10, but very nostalgic feeling for the bedroom scene and everything. Okay. And we dive into the segment Winnie the Pooh and the Honey Tree. The storybook opens with an overweight teddy bear named Winnie the Pooh, also called Pooh Bear, in the Hundred Acre Wood, going through his morning stoutness exercises, during which he accidentally rips the stitching on his bottom. And we have the song Up, Down, Touch the Ground, performed by Sterling Holloway. And I wrote that it's a cute little song that introduces us to the sweet Pooh Bear, 7 out of 10. See, it's not my favorite. Four out of ten. Wow. I know. And I like Winnie the Pooh. This isn't like... I just don't like that. (laughs) All right. Well, I I thought it was cute. I also think... um, I I don't know if I have this in a note later. Not that Jim Cummings doesn't do a good job with Winnie the Pooh's voice in the future, but there's just something about Sterling Holloway's performance that it's just like... It it warms the heart for some some reason with me. I I don't know. After repairing his torn rump, he discovers his jar of honey is nearly empty and starts wondering where he can get honey as he eats what is left in the pot. He hears a bee fly by and tries to pull his head uh, uh, tries to pull his head out of the jar, then decides to try and get honey from the bee's hive in the nearby honey tree. He first tries climbing the tree, but is unsuccessful when the branch he is standing on breaks, and he tumbles onto the ground in a uh, gorsh bush. He then borrows a blue balloon from a human boy named Christopher Robin in an attempt to fool the bees and get the honey. And here we have the song Rumbly in My Tumbly, performed by Sterling Holloway. And I wrote, again, cute, but not as good as Up Down Touch the Ground, in my opinion, so 5 out of 10. See, they're cute. I just don't like it. Like, I remember feeling nostalgia for these songs, but at the same time, just like, eh, 4 out of 10 again. Okay. (laughs) Cleverly, Pooh disguises himself as a black a little black rain cloud by dunking himself in uh with mud and then using the balloon to float up next to the hive a lone bee guard flies out to meet him and is very wary of the little black rain cloud and we have the song little black rain cloud performed by sterling holloway and bruce reitherman fine but forgettable four out of ten i just want to say it's very easy to forget that Pooh is a stuffed teddy bear by the way sometimes and you're like why is this dumbass putting himself in mud? Like, <laughs> yeah. But it, also, it's even more stupid because he's a teddy bear. Like, wouldn't you be soaked through with that's, mud? He's too? soaking it up. Yeah, yeah. it's dripping out, out of him and off oh. of him and everything. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think it's cute. But um, Pooh sticks his hand into the hive and accidentally pulls out a giant handful of honey with bees on it, eating the honey, but spitting the bees out after a lengthy uh, battle in his mouth. Among them is the queen bee, who is ticked off with Pooh Bear and kicks her uh, and kicks her away, making her fall into the same muddy spot in which he disguised himself. Pooh is, so- is soon surrounded and attacked by angry bees from the hive, his disguise wearing off. After getting out of the mud puddle, the queen bee sees that the little black rain cloud is actually a bear and shakes the mud off of herself. Angry, the bees shoot up towards Pooh and sting his bottom as revenge for knocking her into the mud. The sudden hit causes Pooh to swing up, upward and back, jamming his rear into the bottom of the hive. His head, uh, the head bee, rests on a nearby branch and starts laughing heartily at Pooh's expense. The now nervous Pooh admits to Christopher Robin that these are the wrong sorts of bees and is shoved out of the hole by the incensed insects who proceed to give chase. During the pursuit, 
the string holding the balloon closed comes loose, causing the balloon to fly out of control. Pooh is taken on a wild ride as the bees continue to chase him. The queen bee continues laughing, but is now forced to take cover as her quarry whizzes by her twice. The chase is suddenly reversed as the bees are now chased by Pooh. The bees retreat into their hive and Christopher Robin's balloon deflates its last bit of air. Defeated, Pooh inevitably falls back to the earth and lands into Christopher Robin's arms. The queen bee calls the others to attention with a buzzing charge and the swarm gives chase after the two who seek safety in the mud puddle. Pooh then confesses, you never can tell with bees before spitting out one more bee. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you want to say so far, or should I continue? No, not okay. really. This is already speaks for itself. It's yep. when it gets the rabbit stuff that I'm like, oh, poor okay. rabbit. <laughs> All right. Pooh then visits Rabbit, hoping to find honey there. Although Rabbit is aware of Pooh's vast appetite, he welcomes him for lunch and gives him a small drop of honey. The hun- Welcoming him for lunch is a lie. He tries very hard to pretend he's not there. <laughs> yeah. Um, the honey, however, doesn't fit Pooh's stomach all the or doesn't fill Pooh's stomach all the way, so he asks for more. Rabbit is hesitant, but agrees. And so, in a very gluttonous manner, Pooh devours every jar of honey in Rabbit's house. Pooh, his face covered with honey and all sticky, thanks Rabbit, and eats the leftover honey on his stomach which is now extremely round and full. He tries to leave through Rabbit's front door, but has become extremely large from the vast amount of honey he has eaten, so fat that Pooh gets stuck in Rabbit's front door. Rabbit tries to free Pooh by pushing his oversized bottom, but it is no use, so he goes off to find Christopher Robin for help. While waiting, Pooh is visited by Owl, who analyzes Pooh's particular situation and decides that the intervention of an expert is needed. Gopher, an excavation expert, arrives and tries digging through Rabbit's front door over the blockage, but to no avail. And I have a note here where I wrote down saying, I love Owl and Gopher's conversation about how much freeing Pooh will cost in cash. I just love Gopher as a character mm-hmm. because, like, I forget that his, like, almost thing is, like, he's not supposed to be there. So, like, even when he's falling, it's like he's falling out of the book pretty much. Like, oh, He's yeah. not supposed to be there. Yeah. No, you're right. He then tries to free Pooh using dynamite, but Owl angrily declines. Gopher turns to leave and falls into one of his holes stating he is on a tight schedule. Christopher Robin, Rabbit, and Eeyore arrive and try to help Pooh, but they cannot budge him one inch because of all the honey. Christopher Robin suggests pushing him back in, but Rabbit protests. (laughs) (laughs) So everyone... Poor Rabbit, seriously. He's just like, I want to get rid of Pooh. Like, you know, as a kid, you're like, Rabbit's kind of mean, but like as an adult, I'm like... I get it. Damn it! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're the rudest person ever. Mm. You ate all rabbit's honey, and now you're stuck here. And Mm. rabbit's just like, please, for the love of God, leave. Which, as a kid, I always thought, you know, the back door to rabbit's house is like a door. Pooh could have just gone out the door instead of out the hole. Like, does nobody know that rabbit has another door that's like functional? Like that's that's what I don't understand. Is like rabbit the only one that like knows he has a secret back door? I I don't know. So everyone comes to a solution. Pooh will have to stop eating and get thin again. (laughs) Rabbit is forced to make the best of a a bad situation and devises various ways to disguise the bear's bottom as a hunting trophy, 
which turns out not to be a good idea, just as Rabbit is decorating Pooh's bottom as an an uh, as an antique shelf, the painting uh, the painting part of which tickles the latter. Pooh sneezes from some uh, sniffing some honeysuckle Kanga and Rue gave him, and ends up destroying Rabbit's quote unquote trophy. It, it is fun, like I, it's kind of adult adultish humor that like Rabbit's like, oh my god, I can't look. I don't want to look his, at his butt yeah, all day. Yeah, I, can't, I can't look at this all day. I need to cover it up somehow. One night, as Pooh sleeps, Gopher suddenly reappears, preparing to have his midnight snack, when Pooh suggests that Gopher allow him to just uh, taste some of his honey. Gopher agrees to allow this, but soon Rabbit, fearing an extended period of Pooh being stuck, runs outside and stops Gopher, then posts a sign forbidding anyone to feed Pooh at all. And it's, it says, don't feed the bear. Miffed by this ruling, Gopher decides to leave and falls into his hole again, stating that he's not in the book and ding-dang glad of it. As the days go by, Pooh finally slims down enough to be freed, and Rabbit is delighted. Christopher Robin takes a hold of Pooh's paw and starts pulling. Kanga then grabs a hold of the drum that Christopher Robin was playing and hangs from a strap around his shoulder. Then Eeyore takes hold of Kanga's tail, then Rue starts pulling Eeyore's tail, and finally Gopher takes hold of one of Rue's arms and ends up falling into his hole once again when Eeyore's tail is accidentally pulled off by him and Rue. While the others are pulling on Pooh, Rabbit pushes from behind, but the bear will not move. Fed up with all this delay... Rab a rabbit takes several steps backward, backwards and charges into Pooh. Rabbit's push launches Pooh into the air towards the forest. In a slight gag, Pooh almost flies out of the book, but is pushed back by the turning of a page at Gopher's uh, hurried insistence. And here we have the song Mind Over Matter, and as sung by the Disney Studio Chorus, Sterling Holloway, Bruce Reitherman, uh, Junus Matthews, Ralph Wright, Clint Howard, Barbara Luddy, John Fiedler, and Hal Smith. And I wrote down, not making a playlist for me, but the scene itself is cute and funny, so 5 out of 10. Yeah, I didn't really... wasn't into it at all, to be honest. 3 out of 10. Okay. I'm, I'm terrible. I'm sorry, everyone. That's all right. They're just <laughs> destroying everyone's childhood for them. It's fine. We'll move on. I do uh -huh. like Pooh and Eeyore. I promise. <laughs> Pooh comes in for a landing in the hole in a, in a similar honey tree, uh, flushing out the same swirling swarm of bees that once fought Pooh. The gang runs after him and finds him stuck in the honey tree. Christopher Robin tells Pooh that they will help get him out again, but Pooh tells them to take their time. The bees were scared away by his abrupt arrival, giving the silly old bear a chance to enjoy a hive full of his favorite honey. And I have two notes here. The first one saying, I remember this segment most clearly out of all of them, and thought that this was actually the entire movie. I, so I gave the segment score a 7 out of 10. And I also wrote down that I love how Pooh was upset with the narrator for st uh, stating that the, uh, for starting the next chapter. Because he hasn't finished eating all the honey in the tree yet. I remember the next segment a lot more from when I was a kid. But, you know, I do remember, like, the end of this. I always, like, remember him sitting in the tree. And, mm -hmm. like, that, like, visual of him eating all the honey. So, 7 out of 10 for the segment. It's a good segment. Okay. Yeah, I, you're right about it. I love how Pooh is upset with the narrator, just being like... I like that they interact with the narrator and interact with the book, like, that we remember that they're still in a book. Mm -hmm. 
that they're characters. Yeah, it's very cute the way that that's done. Especially that's like Tigger's thing too. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's one of my favorite lines from the Winnie the Pooh ride is in the Tigger section where he's like, "Oops, I almost bounced right out of the ride," and you're like, "Oh Jesus!" <laughs> I I can't remember if I've ever been on the Winnie the Pooh ride when I was down to Disney World. I don't remember. I was a kid last time I was. I there, just wrote but... it the last time I was there a couple <laughs> weeks ago because Carmen had said that he hadn't been on it in a while, mm. and I was like. Hey, look, there's... Oh, we had a uh, Genie Plus pass for it. Because I was like, oh, we can go on that. You were just saying you haven't been on it in, like, years. Let's go. Nice. <laughs> All right. Um, so let's move into the next segment. It's called Winnie the Pooh and the uh, Blustery Day. At the beginning of the story, Gopher tells Winnie the Pooh that it is that it is Wednesday, a play on the word Wednesday. I'm calling Wednesday Wednesday for now, <laughs> just so you know. All right. We should have filmed this yesterday on Wednesday. Yeah, well, some of us wanted to. Oh, I wanted to, too. <laughs> let's let's keep going. Um, whereupon Pooh decides to wish everyone a happy Wednesday. He visits his, his friend, a young pink pig named Piglet, who wears a scarf around his neck on this day. And we have the song, A Rather Blustery Day, sung by Sterling Holloway. And I wrote, uh, I love his scarf, meaning Pooh's scarf. I also like piglets. And the nostalgia was hitting me again. Cute and short song, 6 out of 10. I do love that song. I gave it a 7 out of 10. I love Blustery Day. And also, I love them all in their little scarves. Like, that's how I imagine them when I, like, think of all of them is in their, like, winter gear. Okay. Like, all, like, dressed up cute. And I have a note here. Uh, it wasn't in the summary, but Piglet talks about how his home was his grandfather's home originally, and his grandfather's name was Trespasser Trespassers Will. <laughs> yes. And I cracked up. Like it's a sign that's saying, you know, Trespassers will. will be shot. I assume, and the will uh, the shot was broken off. But yeah, he calls his grandfather Trespassers Will. It just made me laugh. I don't know. Uh, I know what who somebody is like, oh, is that really his like name? So one of the characters is like, Really? That was his name? I can't remember which I think one. It was Rabbit, I think probably. Because Rabbit, Rabbit's yeah. usually the one that's like really or it might have been Christopher Robin. It might have been yeah. Christopher Robin. But yeah, it, it 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 did make me laugh as well. And then we have Piglet is blown up uh into the air, his scarf unraveling all the while, and Pooh grabs hold of him. Actually he grabs hold of the scarf. As they fly like a kite through the air over the other characters' heads, Pooh wishes Kanga, Rue, Eeyore, Rabbit, and Owl a happy Wednesday. And I wrote down the destruction of Eeyore's house. I cracked up again. And the segment score is getting a 10 out of 10. I don't even need to see the rest of it. Um, I just found it comical. Eeyore just got done putting his house together and Pooh and Piglet combine and destroy uh, it. Poor, poor Eeyore. But it, poor Eeyore. It, it I love him so much. Yeah. But when they arrive at Owl's house, he informs them that the wind is due, is due to a gentle spring zephyr rather than a particular holiday. During the windstorm, Owl's house is knocked down and Eeyore decides to find a new house for Owl. And I have a note here because they say that Owl talked from page 41 to page 62. 62. Yeah. My favorite is that Eeyore leaves and just like he's literally gone for like the next like segment or two. He's just like, yeah, he's looking for a house for Owl. That's, he's on a he's mission. He's busy. Yeah, he's got a task. I think he fails at that task in the end, but we'll get there. Yeah. That night, Pooh hears an unfamiliar noise coming from elsewhere in the Hundred Acre Wood. There is a knock at his door, then Tigger bounces inside in search of something to eat. After singing his signature song, he tries some honey, but dislikes it. And we have the song, The Wonderful Thing About Tiggers, sung by Paul Winchell. 
and it's probably uh, the most memorable song from the film, and I gave it a 6 out of 10. Oh, I love that song. 8 out of 10. I love Tigger. Tigger song. Is Tigger your favorite character from, love uh, Tigger. from the 100 Acre one? Okay. I mean, I love Eeyore as well, because Eeyore and I are both depressive lumps <laughs> a lot of the time, but you yeah. know. Yeah. Well, we know uh, a little bit about Eeyore's parents. If you remember in our Fantasia episode, we talked about the two blue centaurs that yep. must have been Eeyore's parents because yep. they were depressed. Um, <laughs> but before leaving Pooh's house, Tigger tells him that there are heffalumps and woozles in the forest and that they steal honey, Pooh's favorite food. Later, Pooh suffers a nightmare in which heffalumps and woozles steal his honey while singing the song Heffalumps and Woozles. And we have the song Heffalumps and Woozles performed by the Mellow Men. And I wrote that it is the quote-unquote trippiest part of the film. And I feel like a callback to the pink elephant scene from Dumbo. The song itself is better than I remembered, and I gave it a 6 out of 10. 8 out of 10 for the song. I also like Heffalumps and Woozles. Told you this was my favorite segment. Yeah. You can just make up words. It doesn't matter. No, yeah, exactly. That's why I love it. Yeah. Also, I like the idea that there's just creatures out there that are like, we love, love honey. Yeah. And it's it's funny, too, because we were off recording. We were just discussing the future films that, we, that we're going to cover at some point. And there is the Pooh's Heffalump movie, which I've mm-hmm. never seen, but evidently... I've never seen it either, but... <laughs> Yeah. I know his name is Lumpy, oh. the Heffalump in that, and you know what? I already love Hump- Lumpy, because oh. his name is Lumpy. Oh. I don't know if you saw, but a bird just went by outside, just that. outside my window. So go! Yeah. Oh, then it flew by again. Well, <laughs> we're recording this episode in October, even though it won't come out until November. Um, later that night, a storm floods the Hundred Acre Wood. Piglet, who is trapped in his home, writes a bottle note for help just before the water carries him away, with him riding a chair. Pooh, who is trapped in a honey pot, floats away uh, from his home as well. And we have the song Rain, 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 Came Down, 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 sung by Sterling Holloway and the Disney Studio Chorus. Cute little song, but nothing special, and I gave it a 5 out of 10. I do like this song. I don't know. I give it a 6 out of 10. I, I don't know. I enjoy the, the like drippy aspects of it. Mm. It's a fun thing to me. The remaining beloved characters gather at Christopher Robin's house, and Christopher discovers and reads the message, Help, Piglet, and then in parentheses, me. He then sends Owl to inform Piglet that a rescue plan is in the works. But just as he delivers the news, Piglet and Pooh are uh, mixed up in a waterfall, which switches Piglet to the honeypot and Pooh to the chair. When they arrive together at Christopher Robin's house, he mistakenly thinks that Pooh rescued Piglet and throws a hero party for Pooh. During the party, Eeyore announces that he has found a new home for Owl, but everyone unfortunately learns that the one Eeyore found is Piglet's house. They are shocked and dismayed and try to tell Eeyore that Piglet already lives there. However, Piglet decides to reluctantly give his home to Owl, to which a touched Pooh offers to let Piglet live with him. Pooh suggests to Christopher Robin that the hero party should become a two-hero party, because of Piglet's generosity. He agrees, and the characters celebrate both Pooh and Piglet's good deeds for the day. And we have the song Hip Hip Hooray, sung by Paul Winchell, Barbara Luddy, and uh, John Fiedler. And it's fine. I uh, gave it a 5 out of 10. I also gave it a 5 out of 10. But, like, that this is the part of the segment that bothers me, is, like, Eeyore didn't know that Piglet lived there. Yeah. Like, no. Eeyore knows where everybody else lives, right? And then, like... For some reason, in my head, I'm like, oh, isn't it like 
they just build Owl a new house and he lives on the top of the tree and then Piglet can live in the bottom tree. Like, that makes more sense to me. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know why they would just be like, oh, Owl lives here now. Like, the house, like, isn't the doors and everything, wouldn't it be too small for, like, Owl? Yeah, I know in later ones, I'm trying to remember, I, I don't remember which one of the Pooh sequel movies I've seen and which one I haven't. But I, I think there is a later one where Owl lives back above in the, in the, and then, yeah, yeah, yeah and Piglet I, lives below. I know I saw the one where Craig Ferguson was voicing Owl. Which, talk about how different that is from this owl yeah. here. Um, and I I like Craig Ferguson. I think he's very funny. But I was, just, like, going back and watching this, I was like, why did they get Craig Ferguson? Like, owl isn't Scottish. Like, it was it was so jarring to go back and listen to this and be like, oh my god, like, owl isn't Scottish at all. Why did they... Uh, Owl's just a pretentious douche here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, who just takes Piglet's house. He yeah. should know that it's Piglet's house, That's too. what bothered me, is, like... Does Owl, like, everybody seems to understand that it's Piglet's house, and, like, nobody's just like, Eeyore, this is Piglet's house. I, I think they just don't want to make Eeyore feel bad, so he has to go keep looking. Like, they're yeah. like, no, 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 you don't have to keep looking. Yeah. It would have been nice if, like, maybe, like, the rain had washed Owl's house on top of where Eeyore I feel like there something. is some part of the story where they do live, like, Piglet lives below mm-hmm. and Owl lives above, but yeah. I don't remember if that, that, I feel like I know that in my head, that there's something to do with that. But. Yeah. Well, we'll get to it eventually. Okay, yeah, yeah, we'll get so, to it eventually. Yeah. We'll see how Maybe right it's just I am some, it. something that they don't address at all. I feel all. like that's something <laughs> yeah. in the canon. Yeah. Um, but I wrote this segment. Uh, so this is the introduction of Tigger, one of the most beloved 100-acre wood characters. So points for that. However, however, I don't like how Owl screws Piglet out of his house. Also, I personally like the previous segment more, so I'm giving this one a 5 out of 10. I love Blustery Day until the end, because then it's just, like, weird, but yeah. I do love a 7 out of 10. Okay. Yeah, I, I, in the earlier part, I had mentioned that the comedy was so on point, like, when they destroyed e- uh, Eeyore's house and everything, I gave the segment a 10 out of 10. So I'll adjust my final score here to a 7 out of 10 as well. I think, okay. I think that's a better thing. So now we come to the third segment, called Winnie the Pooh and Tigger 2. Tigger has been bouncing on everyone he comes across for fun, which gets on Rab- Rabbit's nerves after he ruins his garden. After holding a meeting with Pooh and Piglet, Rabbit decides to take everyone, including Tigger, out to the Hundred Acre Wood. And I haven't. My first note here I have is that note too. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, Pooh's thoughtful spot. And I wrote, "Oh my God! Obviously, it's a misspelling of thoughtful, like other misspelled words in the Hundred Acre Wood. But in today's context, it's a it has a whole new meaning." Pooh really loves those thoughts, guys. Yeah, he does. He, he has to have a spot dedicated for his thoughts. Um, and just so everyone, it's T H O T, like thought. If you know, yeah. you know. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it cracked me up seeing I'm it. I'm glad we both thought that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Are we both terrible people? Yes. <laughs> But we have the song, the wonderful, the wonderful thing about Tiggers, the reprisal of it, and it's the same song as before, so same score, six out of ten. I gave it an eight out of ten score, so same. Okay. During the trip, Rabbit, Pooh, and Piglet purposely ditch Eeyore. In, er, ditch Tigger. Ditch Tigger. Who in, deserves better friends for ditching him? Yeah, in the hopes that he would get lost. And they they did say they were only going to ditch him for a day, but yeah, they didn't. They, they should have just been honest about his bouncing with them. Um, the three hide in the in a log as Tigger searches for them. While searching, Tigger gets his tail caught in the log the three are hiding in, but they the others secretly get his tail free without him knowing they are hiding. The three then try to make it back home, but due to it being so misty, they end up getting lost, and wind up in a certain spot. Uh, in every direction that they take. They keep coming back to the same location. 
Pooh offers a silly suggestion to search for the same spot, and Rabbit abandons them to try and prove Pooh wrong. Pooh and Piglet find their way out of the mist by themselves. This was because, according to Pooh, his 12 honeypots were calling to his stomach, and he, could hear, he couldn't hear them before because Rabbit kept talking, and it led them out of the forest. This is where they come across Tigger, who escaped the mist with ease earlier, realizing Rabbit's plan to lose him had failed. Pooh tells Tigger that Rabbit is still in the mist, so Tigger goes off to find him, for by this time, Rabbit has become lost trying to find his way home, unaware that Tigger has already gotten out of the mist and already on his way back to uh, retrieve him, and ends up in a dark, damp, and misty part of the forest, to add that he's scared by the various animal noises. Frogs start croaking loudly, caterpillars munching loudly on leaves, and after seeing frogs sitting there in front of him, plus more appearing and making more noise, it scares the living daylights out of Rabbit. The sounds get to him so badly that, he, uh, that it drives him mad, causing his eyes to make whirlpools, and he frantically tries to run away, only to be tackled by Tigger, who declares that Tiggers don't like, uh, don't like get lost easily, and then takes Rabbit home. It's snowing now, and Rue wants to play. Kanga can't be with him, so she calls on Tigger to look after Rue, which he gladly accepts. Along, which I love the little friendship between Rue and Tigger, that like they both enjoy bouncing together. They're so cute. <laughs> They're in their bouncy little cells. Mm -hmm. Along the way through the woods, Tigger and Rue see Rabbit skating on ice. Tigger tries to teach Rue how to skate by doing so himself, but unfortunately, he loses his balance and collides with Rabbit. And the result is Tigger sliding across the ice into a snowbank and Rabbit crashing into his house. Tigger then decides that he doesn't like ice skating. Later on, while bouncing around the woods with Rue on his back, Tigger accidentally jumps uh, too high up a tree and is too scared to get down. He calls for help and Pooh and Piglet, who are hunting for jaguars... Uh, jaguars or whatever they yeah, say. Yeah, uh, come to the scene. Rue successfully jumps down, but Tigger refuses to follow suit. Soon, Christopher Robin, Rabbit, and Kanga arrive to try and convince Tigger to jump. Eventually, Rabbit decides that the group will just have to leave Tigger in the tree forever, on which Tigger promises to never bounce again if he was released from his predicament. Which Rabbit's just a jackass in, in this segment. Um, I mean, to be fair, Rabbit's just sick of everyone's to be honest, the rabbit's like, I got poo, yeah. stealing all my honey, getting stuck in my house. Tigger destroys things because he can't keep his feet on the ground like a normal person. Like, rabbit, I understand. Yeah, rabbit. yeah, we, you get rabbit as an adult more than you did as a kid, but he's still, he's, you know, these are his friends. He should be kinder to them. Sebastian Cabot, aka the narrator, chimes in for help. Tigger begs Cabot to narrate him down from the tree and Cabot tilts the book, allowing Tigger to step onto the text on the page. Tigger starts to feel better that he made it, he made it this far, and before he can do otherwise, Cabot tilts the book back again, <laughs> causing Tigger to fall down into the snow. Happy, Tigger attempts to bounce, but Rabbit stops him, reminding Tigger of the promise that he made. Devastated, Tigger sadly walks away, and Rabbit feels better and that there will be peace, or so he only feels. But everyone else is sad to see Tigger like this and reminds Rabbit of the joy Tigger brought when he was bouncing and preferred the old bouncy Tigger. Seeing that he is outnumbered and that they are gathering, or that they were getting him 
to admit the, his errors, uh, Rabbit feels sorry for Tigger, regrets his mistake, and takes back the promise he made, and is given a sudden friendly tackle by the over, overly excited Tigger, who then invites everyone to bounce with him and even teaches Rabbit how to do it. For the first time, Rabbit is happy to be bouncing, as is everyone else, and Tigger sings his trademark song for the last time. And I wrote down here, I didn't remember this segment at all, and it was okay, but went on for a little bit too long, in my opinion. The part with the narrator interacting with the world was interesting, but Rabbit was just a jackass in this segment, and I gave it a 4 out of 10. Yeah, I don't remember the Tigger segments being this long. Like, it always felt like Tigger was, like, part of the, like, navigation. I was like, he's there, but not, like... Mm -hmm. This felt like too Tigger centric, and there is a Tigger movie, so I don't know how I feel about that. It does exist. I I don't know. Um, I I might be having false memories of this, but I kind of remember these different segments being part of, like when the Disney Channel would get off timing with like showing things on the mm -hmm. to get it back, like that they would show like one one or two of these segments to get it back on to the correct. I think sometimes. Yeah. 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 Like, I remember, like, this or, like, the goofy how-to segments and stuff like that. Like that, that. I might be misremembering it and be wrong about that, but that's... And I feel like this segment in particular was divided up into two further segments. Like, you had the snowy part as one and the regular part as another. Yeah. I, I don't know. I might be wrong about that, but if you, the listener, remembers it that way, let us know. You're right, because it does feel like two segments almost, because you have the winter and, mm -hmm. the, like, it doesn't feel connected. Yeah. And that brings us into the final segment of the film, The House at Pooh Corner. The title comes from a story in which Winnie the Pooh and Piglet build a house for Eeyore. In another story, the game of Pooh Sticks is invented. As with the first book, the chapters are mostly episodic in or the chapters are mostly in episodic format, but can be read independently of each other. The only exception to this is chapters nine eight and nine. Chapter 9 directly carries from the end of Chapter 8 as the characters search for a new house for Owl, his house having been blown down in the previous chapter. This segment hints that Christopher Robin is growing up, scattered throughout the book, and uh, comes to a head in the final chapter in which the inhabitants of the Hundred Acre Wood throw him a farewell par uh, party after learning that he must soon leave them. It is made obvious, though not ex uh, stated explicitly, that he is starting school. In the end, they say goodbye to Christopher Robin. Pooh and Christopher Robin climb a hill overlooking the Hundred Acre Wood and say a long, private farewell, in which Pooh promises not to forget him. The book closes with the narrator remarking, wherever they go and whatever happens to them on the way, in the enchanted place on top of the forest, a little boy and his bear will always be playing. And I wrote down that the nostalgia got me again with this segment, and I really felt my heart breaking when Christopher Robin asked Pooh not to forget him. And I gave the segment score an 8 out of 10. Yeah, this is something I, like, remembered. Like, yeah. the ending and him leaving. And then this is why there's there's one where they, like, the search for Christopher Robin is, like, a movie or something, correct? If I remember. There's I something, think you're right. yes. Yeah. Because they do go looking for him. Mm -hmm. And my only final note here was that I could have done without the stuffed Pooh Bear in the real world winking at the camera at the end. That was very creepy. <laughs> <laughs> just in my, like, I was like, oh, well, I don't like that. Hello, Jason. <laughs> yeah. um, do you have anything else to say or should we go into our overall no, scores? No, we go into overall scores. Do you want to go first? you want me to go first? No, you can go first. Okay. So I wrote, wow, I got hit with the nostalgia hard with this one. 
Though I have to be honest, while I enjoyed most of the film, it went on for far too long. I could have done without the Winnie the Pooh and Tigger 2 segment, since I didn't even remember it. Without it, this would have been a perfect short film. As it stands, I have to factor in everything together, together so I'm giving The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh a 6.5 out of 10. Yeah, I had the same thing written. It got a little too long towards the end. Like, it was really nice, and then it was like, okay, can we just end this now? Like, it's not that it's bad. I am also, like, the animation's cute, but it's not my favorite. It's very older-style Disney. But, you know, these were also shorts that were made long before this movie was put together, so that does make sense as well. I gave it a 5 out of 10. Okay. Uh, yeah, like, I agree with you that um, they were better as independent shorts. Like, they strung it together nicely yeah. with a narrative, but, um, yeah, and it, it ends kind of sad. And, uh, <laughs> I like I said, I know there's other films, and I'm sure those probably are actually better because they're probably very linear mm. storylines. I don't really remember. It's been a long time. I know I've seen The Search for Christopher Robin. Mm. Have you ever seen the Ewan McGregor um, no, I have that one. That one's pretty good. I don't think it's a direct continuation of this, but it could work with it. But we'll cover that at some point, too, uh, I think. Um, a million years from now, episode 500 of yeah. this podcast. But actually, we're, we're getting close to approaching episode 100. We're in like the 80 range. Um, oh, we're getting yeah. there. Look at us. I didn't do anything for our one year anniversary, um, but I think, you know, maybe something for episode 100. We'll have to do some, I'll have to, I'll have to figure out which one it'll be exactly. It's probably going to be some random episode of Once Upon a Time or something. Yeah, 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 something like uh. that. Yeah. But um, yeah, without anything else to say, I, oh, uh, yeah, no, without anything else to say, I'll just say this has been the Once Again Podcast. Any questions, comments, or critiques can be addressed to our email at onceagainpod at gmail.com. Follow us on our social media accounts, Once Again Pod, all one word, on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. If you'd like to contribute to the podcast, we have several tiers available on patreon.com slash onceagainpod. As always, a like, follow, or share would be greatly appreciated. Thank you and have a wonderful day. And remember, we will entertain you. We will always entertain you. Rumpelstiltskin always says that magic comes with a price. But for this price, you can get a nice piece of jewelry. Use code ONCEPOD for 10% off your first order at Unusual Magic Jewelry on Etsy. Click the link in the description.